What's up, everybody? Welcome into a new week of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John Harris and Mark Vandermeer coming at you. Glad you're with us as we uh, approach June. And June is such a great month. You know why? Because the desert happens. And then what happens after the desert? Well, training camp. We are getting that much closer. Mark, can you feel the excitement going through your bones right now? Well, Johnny, with OTAs launching this week, as you know, and as I always like to say this time of year, this is training camp. This is actually what happens. They go to training camp right now. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. It's not called training camp. It's called OTAs, which stands for Organized Team Activities. But this, to me, is training camp because you have four weeks of this. You'll have three weeks of practice, then the mini camp. Am I right about that? Or is it four weeks of this, then the mini camp? Whatever it is. Three OTAs, one mini camp. All right, so that's it. Four weeks of this, then the desert. And then two weeks of camp, then preseason. So that's six weeks of action before you get to your first preseason game, which is what it was in the old days, basically, when they went to camp July 1st or whatever it was in San Angelo, when Bum would have barbecues <laughs> with the family and Pastor Rini would go on a speedboat or motorcycle or whatever it was. I love hearing stories about that, but that's what's happening now as they stay in town, then they have the break, then they have training camp. By the time they hit camp, virtually everything is installed. They're good to go. They're just trying to get hitting into the equation and then ready to play games. And that's a big part of it. The hitting being, I mean, it's a getting your body calloused to physicality again is not easy. Training camp helps that in so many ways, so many ways. So with OTA starting, well, they started today, but we get a chance to see them tomorrow. Uh, yes. Okay. Cause today's Monday. So we get a chance to see them on Tuesday. So Mark at the end of every school year, even though this feels like the beginning of a school year for the team at the end of every school year, there's superlatives. Mm-hmm. Mine was most likely to succeed. Um, and that was probably not one that they should have given me. There, there was most athletic, there was funniest, class clown, all of those. Let's do our own version of OTA superlatives. Do it. All right. So here is the first superlative, and you get to fill you get to fill in the blank. It's okay. a, it's kind of like a fill in the blank question answer uh superlative sort of thing. The most off discussed OTA storyline who wins it or what wins it okay it's not our discussed storyline it's the discussed right storyline right so right what will they be talking about on sports radio 610 the other station correct what will the twitter verse as you say be talking about it is going to be wherever cj stroud lines up yes. what level of the depth chart that will be it if yes. he's with the threes, it'll be, oh, my gosh, he's with the threes. Watson was with the threes, too, ladies and gentlemen, when he started. <laughs> if he's with the ones, C.J. Stroud will start opening day. There's no way to sugarcoat, hide, uh, whatever, cushion this. It is going to be discussed, and it'll be discussed as soon as people see them line up tomorrow, wherever Stroud lines up. No matter what, no matter what, this what you just mentioned will absolutely no doubt be a talking point for days, regardless if CJ Stroud took every snap 
Regardless, C.J. Stroud took no snaps. That's going to be the uh, – I mean, that's a that's a hands-down, going-away, uh, Akeem Olajuwon slam dunk. I mean, that thing wins the superlatives and probably uh, <laughs> goes away from there. Okay, so let's take that and tweak it a little bit. Okay. The most discussed non-quarterback – during OTAs, mm. player. This is an individual player, not topic. Player is. I'm going to say Will Anderson. I'm going to say Will Anderson because of oh my gosh, they gave up so much to get him, but yeah. he's going to be really good. But <laughs> where is he going yep. to line up, Johnny? It's all going to go back to that. The media, so much of the media is just going to look at depth chart positioning in their opinion, and I say in their opinion because. When D'Amico Ryans meets with the media, one of the first things he's going to say is, I don't really care, and I'm not going to say it exactly the way he would. I can't. Right. I'll just paraphrase. This is my projection. I don't really care where they line up right now. We're just trying to get everybody acclimated. That's what he's going to say. Right. They're trying to get everybody acclimated, especially the rookies, into the NFL way of life, and they'll let it all shake out throughout the offseason process and preseason. And what really matters is, how much you play on opening day. That is the most important thing. But I think Will Anderson's positioning as far as is he with the ones, twos, or threes, that's going to be discussed a lot. Do you agree or disagree on that? I absolutely uh, agree. Um, I do think, because of the Houston angle, that Tank Dell will be often discussed, that that will will surely happen. Um, I think that Will Anderson, the – I mean, I don't think there's any question because there was such there were so many questions nationally in particular. Did you give up too much? Did you? I just I want to get past those questions. I want people to watch Will Anderson uh, and see what I saw at Alabama. And that is he's a dude and you have a dude out on the edge. um, And I think that's going to be something that's definitely talked about. Now, there's a lot of his game that really won't you won't have a chance to see. Because there's no physicality. I should say there's no physicality. There, there are no collisions. Put it that way. There are no collisions. I'll leave it. I'll, I'll say that. Um, but even when they do, uh, and I don't, I don't even know OTAs if they'll do pass rush drills or anything like that. I don't think. Um, well, nothing. Too I don't physical. think. But they'll at least, you know, if 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 they line up for eleven on eleven, there'll be there'll be some of that. So I'm gonna throw another one in there. Okay. The presence or absence of Texans at OTAs, be it veterans. Oh, yeah. Volunteer Again, you repeat, OTAs are voluntary. But it's going to be a big thing Dude. if said veteran is not there or said veteran is there. There's going to be a lot made uh, about the the presence or, or lack thereof of, of veterans. And, I mean, look, everybody's going to talk about Laramie Tunsil, and I, I, I've said this <laughs> forever. As long as 78 shows up and balls out, I mean, it's fine. These The OTAs are, um, they're voluntary. But that is going to be, that's going to be something that gets, it, that borders on topic most often discussed that makes me want to just bang my head against the wall. That's, that's, that's superlative is that topic. Oh, who's here? Who's not here? Oh, why is he not? Oh, no. Just, okay. What's here? Let's watch that. And let's move 
forward. But I got a feeling that's going to be um, that's going to be something that everybody kind of. I mean, we all know that, that that's going to be something that everybody pays attention to. Okay, I don't know if there is a. I tried to think of a better way to phrase this one, but the most improved throughout OTAs. Now, this is one that you're probably going to have to anticipate a little bit, but most improved player by the end of OTAs hitting into heading into training camp is. Oh, I want to do position group so badly here, but I, I've got to do player, don't I? Player. I'm going to say. I'm going to say here, here's who I'm rooting for, Johnny. Brevin, okay. I am rooting for Brevin Jordan in a big, big way. Okay. To be that guy who's yep. the most improved, who has had his progress derailed by injury, other factors. I would love to see him just rise up and take charge and be right in the mix with Schultz, with Cotoriano. And he is in the mix right now, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Rise up that depth chart and be a real factor. Doesn't have to start, but be a real factor in 2023. That's who I'm rooting for. And I'll just go ahead and make it happen by speaking it into being. It's Brevin Jordan. There you go. I, I like that. Um, this is going to sound kind of odd, but I'm going to say Derek Stingley Jr. Because Ooh. I, and I know, look, I know he's number three overall pick. I know he's incredibly talented, but you know, look, there were, Let's be honest. There were a lot of questions about Sting going into last year. You know, should he been the number three pick versus number four? You know, he's coming off an injury at LSU. Finished last year, missing the last how many ever weeks because he was dealing with a, a hamstring or an injury here. I think with consistent time on the field combined with new scheme that will help him. And and I, I, I almost guarantee that we're not going to see hardly any of that scheme. But I just think by the end of OTAs heading into training camp, I think Sting is going to be one of those guys you look out and go, okay, yeah, that, that's what we expected from Derek Stingley at some point in his career. I think we're going to start seeing that at the end of OTAs. So I'm going to go most improved. That's going to be my, my prediction of Derek Stingley uh, being that guy. Okay, you mentioned unit. Let's go yeah. group. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Go ahead. Who All is right. the most improved group by the end of OTAs? I am really excited. Obviously, everybody wants to see Stroud. If we had McLean on right now, he'd say, C.J. Stroud is who everyone wants to see. And he's absolutely right. True. But this running back group is something to see during OTAs when the media gets to take a look. I'm so excited to see what they have to offer, Johnny. Because yeah. when you look at year two for Damian Pierce. When you look at Devin Singletary, 25 years old, prime of his life, coming off good numbers in 2022, joining this franchise in this run-heavy offense, that and Xavier Valade. I want to see what he does. We talked about him a lot last week as an undrafted free agent. That group with Dario Gunbowale, I mean, there are others as well. I think this really could be the most improved position group on the team even though Pierce was a part of it last year, you look at how they filled in. Man, when you have Singletary coming off the bench for Pierce or possibly Valade contributing as a rookie, or Dare looks good when he's running out there and he's a good special teams player, as we all know. I'm excited to see what they bring. Mike Boone is out there as well. Uh, I think that they'll be... Oh, how about Gerald Dokes? 
Dokes, yeah, Jared who, Dokes, yeah. Yeah, Jared Dokes, who uh, could, yeah, I'll learn all these guys, I promise everybody. They could factor <laughs> in as well, the other two guys. So let's just see how it plays out. But I think this could be the most improved position group on the squad. Ooh, yeah. Um, I don't want to go back to the secondary because they're just talking about Derek Stingley, but I got a feeling the addition of Jimmy Ward's going to give that secondary a boost mm. in a big way. But I kind of feel like the secondary is. I mean, properly rated. I think people have been talking about, we talked about the other day, what was the best unit on the team? I think we, I, I said secondary. And if you didn't, I know you were right. It was probably your second group. Um, I think, I know there's a lot of talk about the Texans and, and wide receivers. I think by the end of OTAs, there'll be this, you know what? Kind of major league. You remember the two groundskeepers, the two Japanese groundskeepers? And they would say, you know what? They're not so bleepy. And and I think that's, you know, the receivers, when you walk out of OTAs, you're going to walk out of there going, you know what? I think there's something here with the wide receivers. Um, and obviously a lot of that has to do with, with two rookies with Tank Dell and Xavier Hutchinson. But uh, I think, and, and I don't know if, when or if, maybe tomorrow, maybe, I don't know when we're going to see John Mechie, when he's going to get cleared. I hope it's before training camp, but, but who knows? But I, I feel like, the wide receivers are going to have an opportunity uh, to really have, you know, four weeks with these quarterbacks and for us to look at them and go, you know what? It doesn't have a Jamar chase and it doesn't have uh Stephon Diggs or it doesn't have that, that guy, but maybe the group as it, as it is, is going to be pretty solid. And I do think there does need to be a player that comes in, but maybe not this year. Maybe you can't get your hands on a player like that this year. But I do think that group is going to be maybe better than than people think. So that's the group by the end of OTAs I think is going to be, you know what, not perfect, but boy, it's better than uh, than a lot of people uh, thought at that at this point. Okay. The veteran, I should say new veteran, mm. new veteran in 2023 that you are most excited to see in OTAs. Ah, Schultz is too easy here, right? I would say yeah. Singletary, but he's a running back, and in OTAs, running backs might not be the way to go. I know I just said that could be the most improved position group. Yeah, yeah. But that could be noticeable in OTAs, despite not one single individual being the guy I want to see as far as the veteran acquisitions go. It's not going to be Case Keenum. I'm kind of thinking as I'm going here, Johnny. I would say I'm going to go – I'll go back to the receivers here – and Noah Brown, because oh, yeah. if the group's going to do what you said, and by the way, one more point on that, I think with the Mechie situation, in order for the group to really burst out that way, Mechie's got to find a way onto the field, right? So yep. let's just see what his progress is. Obviously, his personal health is the most important thing here. We'll see how it plays out. But I think Noah Brown is a sneaky hot acquisition by this team, which has a few. And you see what he did against the Texans last year. You look at some of the numbers and you should get excited because in this offense, they will find ways to use him that will take advantage of all his athletic ability and make the very most of what he's got. So uh, I'm excited to see him. I think mine is going to be, and I don't know how much he'll, he'll be at OTAs. Um, I mean, I've seen him in a building, so I'm assuming he's at OTAs, but I don't know. Uh, But Jimmy Ward. Just a guy that is going to know this defense inside and out, how he fits next to Jalen Petrie is going to be fun to watch. He was the one free agent acquisition. When I did my position breakdowns, he was the one 
Actually, I had two. I hit. I had two hits. Um, at running back, I thought Devin Singletary would be a good fit, and hopefully that's going to be a good fit. Um, but the top fit at safety was Jimmy Ward. He knows his defense. He's got veteran leadership abilities. He's versatile. Um, I think he's still got game left, and I think you know he's a Southerner. He's from Mobile, Alabama, so I think that's also plays a role. Jimmy Ward, to me, can be as important a player as the Texans have had. I mean, how often have we had great, you know, great safety play? We've had kind of one guy. You know, 2018 was pretty good with Tyron and Justin Reed together. Um, you know, Kareem was kind of having to move back and forth. Um, and so he never really got to play next to Justin. But then Justin got banged up in 2019. We've really not had two safeties to play at a really high level. You know, last year, J.O. and, and Jalen Petrie, I thought, played pretty well. But there wasn't a ton of experience there. So I think the, the what they they lacked in experience, you know, hurt them at, hurt them at times. Um, tackling was, a, was an issue. But now you bring in Jimmy Ward, and if he stays at safety, I think he could be that guy. I mean, you, you said it before, Schultz would be the guy everybody would want to see because he's a pass catcher, and that's something you can see in OTAs. But seeing the impact of a safety uh, like Jimmy Ward, I think that's that's the one to me that I'm I'm probably most excited to see at that point. I would say Shaq Mason. Shaq Mason will be mine when we go to training camp. When we get to training camp, we can put the pads on and they can hit be physical, then Shaq will be that guy at that point um, because nobody gives love to love to the big fellows inside. So I will do that. I will go down and watch them and sacrifice for everybody. But that's um, that's the way I would think about it right now is Jimmy Ward. I can't wait to see uh, what he brings uh, to this defense. No doubt about that. Okay, last superlative. The one player you're most excited to see at the podium or hear from at the podium is, let's call it podium all star. Is I want to I want to hear Tank Dell. Yeah, I do too. That was uh, going to be mine too. Dang it. Oh, okay. Darn it. I mean, I know he's a rookie. All right, so I don't know when we're going to get him. They've actually released a list of players that I I didn't look because I figured, well, yeah. you know what? I'll see him when I see him. Right. Yeah. But I want to hear what Dell has to say. I do want to hear what everybody has to say. And, Johnny, they're going to have an internal day here where they do a lot of the network stuff. And you and I, during that day, get to talk to a ton of players. Sometimes yeah. we've talked to 25 players in one afternoon. Yep. And get interviews that we air over the long break between mini, mini camp and training camp. So I'm looking forward to meeting each and every one of these guys. But I would have to say that Tank Dell would be my player. You know, there. I want to hear everybody. I want to hear what they're like. I want to know the nuances of all these players because the guys that they acquired in 2021 who hung around through last year, we started to get, I hesitate to, to use the word close, but we started to get to yeah. know them, right? Yeah. Des King, Tavier, you know, I loved uh, Tremont Smith. He's not here anymore, but these guys, I really enjoyed getting to know them and working with them and doing shows with them. So I want to get to know this batch as well. Very well. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. I, I probably will say Damian Pierce. If Damian, I would ima imagine Damian would be a, a player that speaks. Damian's just fun. Oh, I was He's going just new. fun. I was going new, and you're going with the current. Oh, well, I mean, uh, Henry Toa Toa would be my, my newest ah, player. He would okay. be my newest player. Um, This, this is going to sound kind of strange, but I feel like the Alabama guys – are not only they're polished in speaking to the media, handling questions, deflecting on things that they probably shouldn't, but 
last year's group in particular, Henry Toa Toa, Will Anderson, we've heard Will a number of times, uh, even Jordan Battle at safety, those guys were very engaging. Then they would say a little too much, and then Nick Saban will pull back, in particular Jordan Battle. I'd like to hear from Henry Toa Toa. Uh, I think that would be that would be kind of cool to hear from uh, the rookie from uh, Dale South High School in Alabama. But I want to hear from Damian. I just want to hear him talk. He gets excited. He's excitable. Um, he speaks the truth and speaks honestly. So, uh, that's always a good thing. Okay. We've got, Ooh, boy, we got big news mm-hmm. in the NFL on a number of different angles. We'll do Mark Vandermeer gut reaction on these next right here on Texas all access. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texas all access. John Harris alongside Mark Vandermeer. It's time for gut reaction to get the voice of the Texans, Gut reaction to things that have happened in the NFL. And, man, the spring meetings are going on up in Minneapolis, and there are a number of things that are happening. Now, we'll start We'll start slow okay? because I think we talked about this one last week, but now it's confirmed. Mark, your gut reaction to the Super Bowl 60 heading to the San Francisco Bay Area, Santa Clara in 2026. They had 50, so they get 60. Good for them. It's a great place to have a Super Bowl, yada, yada, yada. This, to me, is not the biggest story of the day. Like you said, we're starting slow here. Fine with it. What are you going to do? It's a nice stadium. We were just there, what, a couple of years ago on mm-hmm. New Year's Day, I think yep. it was. 21, yeah. And it was fun. It was fun. Media-wise, it's a great stadium. Yes. And I know it's an outstanding facility for them. They train right there, so it's cool. We've trained with them there. Uh, in 2016. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm into it. Good, good job, NFL. I mean, what are you going to say? It's a Super Bowl. Good. All right. Number two, the NFL announced, well, they've already announced that 2024 NFL draft is in downtown Detroit. Mm-hmm. 2025 draft will be held in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Your right. gut reaction. This is weird. Because where are people going to stay, Johnny? You and I were having a conversation. What was it at lunch? And you were saying, why don't they do it in a small town, like a college town or something like that? I said, no way. They can't do it in a small town. You don't have enough resources there. Green Bay. Look, we're talking about, they like the big numbers, right, Johnny? We're talking about three, 400,000 people converging on an area to see the draft. You can't do that in Green Bay. No way. Can't do it. They can't handle it. You've been there. I've been there. You've driven very fast through there with me. It's not a good place for that. It's a great place to visit. If you're thinking of going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, excellent. The plan B should be to, should be to go to Green Bay, see a game there, and see the Packer Hall of Fame because it's pretty much the Pro Football yep. Hall of Fame when you think about the history of what's gone on there at Green Bay. I love the place, but not a good place to host the draft. However, as I, as I say this, you know the league's going to pull it off somehow. Even with fewer people, it'll be cool. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how they how they fit all those people in there. And uh, one one day, not do it. One day, one day when we when we do uh, uh, Mark and John story time, mm-hmm. we will tell the story uh, for people that don't know about our trip through Green Bay neighborhood in 2019 um, wow. because that was <laughs> that was kind of wild. That was kind of wild. Okay. Um, there's this one, which I don't even know if I want to get your gut reaction. This is just information. NFL owners also formally approved streaming the late night Saturday wild card game on Peacock. 
per league executive Brian Rolap, the game will still be available over the air in local markets. We already knew about that. It's All right, let's deal. This is a huge deal. It's a huge deal, but we've talked about that. Oh, so, we did? Okay. Yeah, so. we talked about that. All so. right. You know, let's I talk about comment. this one. Go ahead. Let's talk about this one. Oh, boy. NFL owners approved a modified proposal for flexing Thursday night football games. This was reported by Tom Pelissero. Restrictions. It only applies to weeks 13 through 17, maximum of two flexes per season, and 28 days notice required. Yeah. That. Wow. The expectation is this will rarely come into play, but having the best games in prime time is a league priority, and this provides some flexibility when needed. The vote went 24 to 8, and it passed. Your gut reaction, I think we're going to have to dive into this one, Mark, but your gut reaction to this flexing of the Amazon Thursday night schedule. A couple of things they've done that I like. One of them is you can't play two Thursday night road games in a season. You can play two Thursday night games, right? not two Thursday night road games. That's good because being on the road on Thursday night is horrible. Yeah, It's a major disadvantage. I know teams sometimes win. The Texans have done it. They've won on a Thursday night on the road. But I just think it's a big disadvantage. I don't have the numbers in front of me. 28 days I like as well. So you might as well call this the Denver rule, right? Yeah. If you have a team that's projected to be good and they're horrible and it's late October, early November, and you see a flex or you see a Thursday night game on the schedule for early December, say, now you can move it. You can move that game and move a better one in. All right. So that does help. It does mess with travel plans. And I think. Oh, yeah. If you're a Denver fan and you wanted to go see, let's say Russell Wilson and company last year were, and maybe they were scheduled to play week, whatever the second week of December on the road on a Thursday night. And they wanted to move that away. You, and you wanted to travel to the game. You might not be that disappointed because the team's terrible. All right, I'll redo my plans. But if you have travel plans to go see a hot team on the road that Sunday, second week of December, and they move it to Thursday. Well, that changes your world. Now I got to miss work or more work than I wanted to miss. I got to redo my flights. Oh, I can't get flights. I can't get hotel rooms all of a sudden. I think that stinks for people wanting to travel to games. And I think the league should encourage more travel whenever necessary, because it's hard to fill some of these buildings. Right. And I think the more they can, encourage fans to travel the better it is for the gate obviously but tv is the most important thing so this is going to win and my reaction that's a long drawn out reaction but that's what it is yeah the 28 days notice is is kind of interesting so let's let's say that you're going to flex in week 13 right yeah you're going to need to know in week nine roughly yeah i mean roughly you're going to make that announcement in week nine now the the people, I, I mean, that in and of itself is like, yeah, man, I, whew. I mean, we've seen teams before that in week nine, eh, you know, five and four, six and three, looking halfway decent, and hey, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and move this game. This will give us a better game, and then they lose three in a row. Yeah, they're on a downer, and now they're coming in a short week, and they got to fly somewhere. Oh, but the people I feel worst for, and and look. The fans, the the fans will not win out in this one. Um, 
But our guy, Clay Hampton, uh, in, in the building is a maestro when it comes to travel. Yeah. He sets everything up, and I can't even imagine what this has, what this is going to be for them, for Clay and and people of his ilk throughout the league. My you God, not, you better not move a game until you know that you have hotel space in the city you're going to. That, right? Exactly. You, I mean, you got to make sure that that's available. Otherwise, they're screwed. You're 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 messing with competitive balance at that point. If you if you end up, let's say you flex a game. We we're just talking about Green Bay, right? If you yep. flex a game to Green Bay, let's say that say it's just say it's us. We're flying up to play Green Bay on Sunday. Things are looking good. They decide to move the game. So Clay and company have got 28 days. I, I, I mean, to get everything moved from hey, we were going to stay there on Sunday, or actually Saturday night, but now we're coming in Wednesday night. Now that might be the saving grace in some places because. How often do you have something going on on Wednesday night? Maybe that is, maybe that helps you, but business but, travel, but yeah. I mean, and what about trying to get one, a, a, a spot in Indy when there's all their conferences all the time going on there? You better make sure it's available. Johnny, it's hard enough to book. And I know this because over the years, the Texans and I imagine many other teams have had trouble booking hotels in Indy, no matter yes. when it is, no right. matter what time of year, because Indy, for some reason, is the Vegas of Indiana, I guess, of the Midwest. Uh, you have so many conventions and different events there. It's difficult to get that hotel space, even for a one-nighter on a Saturday for uh, Garden Variety, and there's no such thing, Garden Variety NFL road trip. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, let's move on to another one. The Colts have accepted the finding that the Washington Commanders did not contact former quarterback Andrew Luck and therefore did not violate the NFL's anti-tampering rules. A league source told Stephen Holder, um, who I, I think is he with the Athletic or ESPN? No, he's with ESPN now. So the Colts didn't even get a – or the Commanders didn't even get a slap on the wrist. You think Jim Ursay is happy with that? Your gut reaction. He might not be happy with it no matter what he says, but I'm okay with this. Did you really think – and, again, it wasn't actual tampering. I Do they have to get people's phones to make sure that nobody actually called Andrew Luck? Do we have right. to do the, the gate <laughs> stuff where Brady right. just smash his phone and get rid of right. all, the, uh, all the evidence there? But I, I'm fine with it. I, I didn't consider it major tampering. And if anybody was going to have luck, I didn't want it to be the Colts anyway. So I guess maybe my Colts hatred here is skewing my reaction. Your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of wanted to see the commanders get, you know, a little slap on the wrist. But, you know, you, you, inqui you inquire now, about things. I mean, we've seen some, we've seen some kind of different ways of going about things. Um, but yeah, Washington probably should have lobbed a call to Chris Ballard and just said, hey, just out of curiosity, how would you feel if we contacted Luck? They could have shut that down. I mean, there's just a way to do things. We were actually talking about Kevin Warren, uh, former Big Ten commissioner, and some of the things that he's done that now the Big Ten is feeling kind of the ramifications, the universities are feeling the ramifications of because he just went and signed deals with NBC without considering two or three very major, major things. And had he just asked? I mean, they would have, they would have been in that situation. I'll put it, I'll put it that way. So, I, you know, it's no sweat off anybody's back. Everybody's okay. Thumbs up. It's all good in Colts and Commanders land. But, um, 
you know, I kind of hope the Colts stink this year, and I hope the Commanders are a little bit better, but that's a different story. Okay, last one. Three-time Pro Bowl pass rusher Jadeveon Clowney said it would be nice to return to the Texans after they selected him first overall in 2014 when talking with the GOAT Mark Berman. He said, and I quote, it would be nice. My family is here, friends here, the guys I work out with can help me take care of my body a lot better, being right up under them. Clowney said he feels he has a lot left in the tank and that he will show up and show out once he finds a place to play. Although he added that he has no timetable in place for finding a deal in Houston or anywhere else. Your gut reaction to Clowney coming back as a Texan? Question mark? Oh, well, yeah, question mark. Lots of question marks there. First yeah. of all, look, we'd all love to have him on game day, right? Just yeah. to bolster your pass rush. Having him on the roster, I'm not so sure how that's going to work out overall. Yeah. <laughs> I'll trust them because they can vet the situation way better than we can, right? Yeah. They know what they're dealing with here. They know people who know. And I love JD. We all do. Yep. I just don't know if this equation of the Houston Texans is a good situation for either party, right? For, yep. for a clowny franchise marriage. Uh, maybe they need to be younger and, and go that way. Now they did go with Jacob Martin, right? So, yep. and it's funny if Clowney was to be on the team, you'd have Jacob Martin and Clowney on the same team. <laughs> you know, just like hey, that's you, happened you before. Had, that's happened before. Can you name Keem, the two players that were traded for one another that ended up on the same Texans team? Keem Dent and TJ Yates. Very good. I knew you'd know that. Yeah. I knew and you'd know that. Coaches, both ended up coaching for the team. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Can you imagine? Clowney. Jadeveon Clowney and Jacob Martin <laughs> as defensive ends, assistant Yo. coaches. That would get kind of interesting. But, yeah, I I, I feel like you, uh, in the sense that I, I think J, J.D. did a lot more here in Houston than people want to want to imagine from 14 through 18. Um, but he moved on, and this team has made a lot of acquisitions at the defensive end position, like you said, uh, Jacob Martin. Now, the one thing I will say for Clowney, he, this would be a 4-3 I mean, he's a hand down four three defensive end. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But um, I think, to me, this is one of those situations where you can let it play out at training camp. You say this a lot. Injuries will, injuries will solve some things, but they also will create openings. And mm -hmm. it might be a, you know, like a Quentin Demp situation back in 2015, where there were some things going on in the secondary. There's banged up guys, and they went and called Quentin Demps. He showed up third week of the preseason. By the time we got to Cincinnati, he was starting again. And in 2016, he had, what, seven interceptions? Six or seven interceptions, and it was fantastic. So you never know what a boomerang can do for you. I just – I don't – like you said, I love Clowney. I always – I was one of his biggest fans. I love the guy. But I think this is a team that has probably got to get a little bit younger before it gets uh, – before it gets any more seasoning, if you will. Right, right. Clowney's a guy to help a team get over the hump. Yeah. That's what it appears to be right now yeah. at this stage of his career. But you never know. Maybe he doesn't have any takers. He likes being in Houston. Yeah. And then, voila, you might have a need or you decide, you know what? We could be a lot stronger there. Let's get whatever we can out of him. But the deal's got to be right financially, right? Yeah. And I don't know what he's looking for. You know, everyone's talking about the, the James Harden return for the Rockets, that possibility. Well, that has a lot of money tied to it as well. So we'll see, Johnny, but it's fun to talk about. It certainly is. And Blake Cashman's fun to talk to. And Drew Doherty did that. That's next on Texans All Access. 
What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texas All Access. Last segment, I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Looking forward to tomorrow getting a chance to see this Texans team, what it looks like right now. It's rookies. It's vets. It doesn't – I don't expect to see everybody um, because it is voluntary, and that's something, obviously, to keep in mind with OTAs. Minicamp, mandatory OTAs, voluntary. Stressing the word voluntary so still to be able to see these guys and kind of how it might look and of course you don't have pads on and all that kind of stuff but just what's the offense look like what things are they focusing on and of course you know it's guys that are are new to this whole thing and I mean when I talk it I'm talking new I'm talking everybody D'Amico rookie head coach Bobby Slowick rookie OC rookie quarterbacks coach and Drod Johnson rookie quarterback CJ Stroud uh, Case Keenum and Davis Mills learning this offense for the first time. So there's a lot of newness uh, at those key positions. So i got to take everything with a grain of salt and how it looks and how it works and all that, but it's going to be good to see guys getting out there, running around, making plays. One of those guys that made some plays last year, and hopefully he will continue to do that, is Blake Cashman. And Drew Dory had a chance to catch up with Blake late last week. There's some fun stuff here from Drew and Blake. Let's go. Number 53, Blake Cashman, goes by Block A on Instagram. Blake, it's great to see you, my friend. We're here at the Houston Texans Teen Club graduation ceremony, and there's kiddos out here that are about to graduate having fun. We can hear some of that. What was it like being part of this? Because, like we said, a bunch of different high schools represented, and this is kind of a chance to thank those kids for giving back to the community, and you guys were part of it. Yeah, it's really cool to be a part of it. Now going to my second year with the Texans, my second time here. Didn't want to miss it. You know, it's so cool to see youth in this community you know with their sense of belonging and doing work doing good serving other people and I mean I don't think there's a better feeling than making someone else's day better putting a smile on someone's face so to see what they're doing at such a young age it's special and hopefully these you know young kids continue to do that for the rest of their lives because it's super impactful and it's what it's all about. Yeah, you know, and speaking of impactful, you had a really cool message that you said to them. What's kind of the gist of what you said? Well, I encourage them to continue with their community outreach as they, you know, take on their next journeys in life. But for the kids graduating high school and, you know, going on to the next step, next adventure in life, you know, that's a time where you, you know, do a lot of exploring and there's a lot of self-growth and it's a time where you can redefine yourself. But I told them something I learned my sophomore, junior college, and that's, you know, finding purpose, finding a why. I think it's important because it keeps you grounded, keeps you motivated and uh, focused. And, you know, that's what life's all about is staying focused on, you know, important people and important tasks at hand. Amen to that. All right, let's talk about some tasks at hand. Football-wise, how are you different? How are you better as a player than when we last talked back in uh, mid-January? You know, every year you find new ways to critique your game, critique your technique. Every year is different because your body's changing, you're getting older, but you know, with the sports performance staff and the new coaches we have here now in Houston, it's, they've been able to keep me healthy, do a great job with me, but it's been awesome with the new staff because they're bringing a defense I'm familiar with. I had this defense uh, with Robert Sala my last year with the Jets, and to be able to take what I've already learned and to kind of put my own little twist to it and be, being able to play you know, my game within the game and play within my strengths is what's, I think, really going to help me find success on the field and ultimately help the team and hopefully win games. Yeah, it's cool that you bring him up because a long time ago, he was in a, a young pup as an assistant coach here with the Houston Texans. And while he was a coach, D'Amico Ryan's your new head coach, playing 
What's it like being around D'Amico Ryan, seeing his leadership, and knowing that he was a former linebacker like you? Oh, it's great. You know, you, you can just see the the energy around the building, but just the excitement in the city. Uh, I think that's really important when you know you're looking to have a great year. You know, you want everyone in the building behind your coach behind your team and you want the city behind you as well but it's for a guy that's been in our shoes understands how the game's played understands what you know needs to be fixed what can help guys you know as the season progresses in terms of making practice adjustments game adjustments taking your body i think it's really going to benefit us and you know, he's a guy that's had a good track record of success, and there's no question that's going to carry over to him being a head coach. So thrilled, and I can't wait to see how well uh, we do and what we showcase this year. OTAs, but a week away. What's the goal? The goal, honestly, is to, like I said, it's a familiar defense for me, but going from a different coach to have a different system to a new one, you have to critique your brain and and make those adjustments to fine-tune your techniques and play within their scheme. So, you know, just really getting the basics down because you want to be able to feel good and get in a groove ending OTAs so you can just pick up right where you start off in, in fall camp. But it's going to be exciting to get back on the grass. It feels like it's, it's been a while. Always enjoy talking with you, Blake. Best of luck next week. Best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Appreciate it. There you go. Great stuff there from Blake Cashman alongside Drew Doherty. So let's play Word Association with Flash. Blake Cashman. Sack of Patrick Mahomes in overtime against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I remember the most, and hopefully there are more plays like that to be made in 2023 for number 53, Blake Cashman. A big thanks to Blake and to Drew for joining the show. Obviously, to Mark Vandermeer. Again, OTAs tomorrow, so we'll be right here live 6-7 to seven, talking about things that we saw in OTAs, what everybody's panicking about will calm everybody down and remind everybody it's just OTAs, so it's okay. And again, the word voluntary will come up probably a few times. So we'll talk about all that next, uh, tomorrow. Not next week, tomorrow. The next day, our next day, will it'll be Tuesday. But I thank you for joining me on this Monday edition of Texas All Access. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody, and as always, go Texans.